Great results can be achieved with small forces. Sun Tzu, the art of war. Hi, it's John. You're listening to the Access Potential Podcast. Today we're talking about energy. We spoke about energy generation a few episodes ago. Today I'm going to be going a little bit deeper into some of the concepts behind some of those inputs or some of those elements in the energy generation module. So the energy generation module is the platform for self-leadership, a platform for cultivating our own energy, raising our vitality, becoming our own power source and cultivating personal power as well because energy generation we're having this vitality or the ability to continue and keep going in a in a sort of positive way in the work that we're trying to do the change that we're trying to make is ultimately our tool it's ultimately the the ally that we use to keep going and the ally that we use to make change and the ally that we can use to get through resistance because when we are down, we know how to revitalize, we know how to rest and achieve this or dive into this concept of deep rest even. So just a quick recap, the energy generation module, the things that we cover or the elements that we cover in the Access Potential Academy program, we have breath, we have nourishment, we have perception. On one side of the coin, so breath, obviously the golden ticket to our physiology, the bridge between the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. How we breathe influences almost every other aspect of our physical, mental, emotional state, including, of course, whether or not we're still alive. So super important, obviously something that we cover in the um, Breath and Mind workshops, very relevant to people who are training, exercising, or in movement. Or perhaps if you're just finding yourself a little bit wound up, difficulty sleeping, uh, and wanting to relax the whole nervous system a little bit. It's a great tool. It's a great gateway to start to dive deeper into that conversation as we cultivate awareness of the breath. Nourishment. So nourishment is effectively this bundle or bunch of tools or resources or activities that we can use to help to cultivate energy. And for some people, they're different, uh, but we're looking at things like movement, the right amount and types of movement, sunlight, of course, sleep. Again, this concept of deep rest, love and connection, um, basically anything that's going to help us to regenerate, revitalize um, food as well. Of course, good food, um, foods that meet our metabolic needs and support a healthy metabolism. And then perception. So perception really just quickly is this concept of neuroception, which is a almost instantaneous uh, perceiving or observing and then assessment of the environment. We see this with even little babies and dogs and animals are very good at neuroception. And effectively, it allows us to assess our space. And it's a threat defense mechanism. Very, very powerful. Once we become aware of it in in concert with the breath, we can start to look at our environment in a slightly different way. And we can experientially understand when people talk about things like natural lighting, natural ventilation, plants, um, 
you know, moving around, we can start to understand how these factors can really influence our energy and how we feel. So perception really big and obviously that continues when we're in relation with other people because we can bring our own uh, tools into that conversation or into that relationship as well, which can influence the perception of the other person. So big topic. And then on the other side of the energy generation module, we have these habits, these concepts of how we're living because we need to remember that to cultivate energy in one sense, we can gain or, or raise the energy, but then we have not just the ingoing, we have the outgoings as well. And so one way to cultivate is to not leak, to not dissipate, to be conscious of the expression of our personal energy once we have discovered or are using the tools and practices to elevate a little bit. And so in the expression in this other side of the coin, we have necessity, we have urgency, we have impeccability. Now, the, today's episode, we're going to be talking a little bit about this other side. And one of the interesting aspects of necessity, urgency, and impeccability is that we have this concept of attention. When we look at a task that we're engaged in, or if we want to make it simpler, if we look at this concept of resting, which is the engagement in no task and simply being and sitting, could be in meditation, it could be simply waiting, observing the breath, could be lying down as you go to sleep. We have this opportunity and this opportunity to rest deeply. And so we see again this concept that one way to generate energy is to not dissipate. And here's an opportunity to not dissipate, to not let the encourage the circuitry to keep running. But this concept of stopping or pausing is a little bit scary for a lot of people because we know it as FOMO. But if you think experientially, now with 24-7 access online with all of these things that we can engage in. If you do pause, you actually may be missing out on something. You might be missing out on your opportunity to improve, your opportunity to get better, to learn, to grow. Your 1% improvement for the day, as some people talk about. So we have this little conflict and when a lot of people try to stop, there's this subconscious fear, this habit that continues to run in the background. And it leads them to maintain this continuity of doing, even in this time of rest. So when we bring attention into this space, we have the ability to see something else. And with attention, we can watch, we can observe. And when we, when we observe this process, when we stop, are we noticing a continuation of doing? Do we pick something up? Do we see something be brought in, a new conversation, a new uh, something else to check on the phone, checking the email again? Does something else pop up into that space or into that opportunity for rest? To truly pause, to learn to cultivate inner silence or just to witness is to introduce this element into our day, into our pattern that really doesn't belong in a lot of modern society or in the culture. It's this interruption of the societal flow. In a way, 
when we bring attention into this concept of rest, it becomes almost a rebellious act. We have to almost pause ourselves and step aside from the fray and kind of the frenzy of what's going on. And there's a lot of resistance around this. And it's really important for us to see this resistance because it's not just coming into this concept of rest, but also comes into the concept of distraction. So running a secondary action or activity alongside the primary or task switching from one to the other for a similar from a similar driver, similar fear of missing out or the need to check in on something else. When we touch back on this concept of rest before we move on, when we look at this ability to bring attention, to pause, to really ease into that space and understand that we have this opportunity, this permission to really rest and and do nothing for a period When we look around, we see this is largely missing. And what this means from a physiological perspective is we have no real down regulation. So we have no real deep parasympathetic state, the kind of heavy weight and relaxation we were talking about earlier with the toddler or the dog that sits on your lap and falls asleep. And then at the top end, interestingly, we have people talking about not having enough energy or productivity or vitality that they want as well. We have this work, these work environments, social media, 24-7 access to all of these things, which is great. But when we're constantly engaged with no deep down regulation, it effectively takes that bell curve and it chops the two ends off. It chops the high end output and it chops the deep rest off. And it shifts us towards the middle of the curve, constantly now on the go. And then, of course, we can come back and check in with the breathing. We mentioned the breathing earlier as this gateway or bridge from the conscious to the subconscious. So we can consciously notice and see some of these things pop up. We can see it individually in in times of stress or in times of busyness. And then also culturally. So we're seeing a, a mass Uh, increase in ventilation rates. So people generally shifting towards this secondary respiratory dominant breathing or upper sort of dominant breathing and uh, and over breathing as well, breathing too quickly, breathing too much. So very, very interesting and worth noticing this resistance that is present. So when we look at this concept of rest, or when we're engaged in an activity and we can look at this concept of secondary leakage or like a a distraction or a waste of energy that's not going towards the task at hand. We obviously step into this topic of distraction. And in 2018, the Australian, I think it was Australian, might have been global office worker, check their email average of 30 to 40 times per hour. So this distraction concept is legit. It's a real thing. It's taking a lot of time and a lot of energy. And it's in effect a negative form of or an inverted form of what we call impeccability. So this concept of intentionally doing our very best in a continually evolving fashion. So when we bring attention to the tasks, whether that was the rest just sitting, breathing, noticing the breath, or in our work, in our activity that we're doing. 
when we elevate attention, we find these are called attention-based tasks. We find that we also, from a neurological perspective, shut down this key part of our brain that's associated with the wandering mind, so it's also known as the default mode network, or DMN. And the wandering mind is an unhappy mind, and if you've ever done any retreats or any longer meditation practices, in particular, it comes to me the first couple of days of the longer retreats when the mind is wandering a lot more. It's a very difficult period, and it's it's a lot uh, it's a lot more negatively biased. There's a lot more difficulty as the mind is wandering, and it's uh, fatiguing. It's tiring as well. There's this as the attention wanes, there's this energetic cost that's going into running that loop. So this lack of attention is really surfacing as this roadblock. And it's interesting because we talk about high performance habits. We talk about waking up early and training and, you know, getting things done, protocols. And of course, different, you know, time blocking and ways to work, all of these high level concepts. And yet what we find is without necessity, urgency, impeccability, all of which draw from this concept of attention, which changes the activity within the brain. Without the concept of attention, none of the other options or none of these other activities are viable. None of them work. They all are built on this bedrock or foundation of holding attention. And really what we notice as well is it's become a limited commodity because the attention spans are decreasing and the attention itself is valuable. It's also commercially valuable as well. We see this in social media. As a user, our attention is actually the product of the cycle. So it's the product. So this means that our attention is sold to businesses in the form of ads. Uh, The ads pop up on the screen. The businesses pay a fee to the platform to run the ad. The ad gets blasted out and pops up on your screen in the hope that you will be attentive to the ad or give the ad enough attention to develop some form of trust or opportunity or inquisitiveness or curiosity such that you'll click through and hopefully buy something. Of course, the ad spend is going up to get the same reach because the attention span is being split more and more as there's more ads being run and as people have more and more inputs coming in. So it's a really interesting space that we actually pay for this attention as well. Some of the other areas that we can look at which are pretty interesting is the concept of training, which is a attention-based activity in itself. It brings the mind into the task and we focus on one particular thing at a time in theory, which is great. And to be honest, I think that's a main reason why a lot of us are so drawn to a physical practice is because 
there's a mindfulness element to it. And that in itself, before we even look at the physical benefits, makes us feel good. It brings the default mode network down, allows us to focus and become present in what we're doing and be attentive. And so what we see is this amazing tool and the the area for awareness is, are we allowing this? Are we promoting this? Or are we deviating from this? Are we bringing other things into our practice? You know, a lot of phones and a lot of social media and a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of things that take us away from this actual active practice that we're doing, which can include the time in between the sets, in between the repetitions. So we have this practice which can extend for you know an hour, two hours, however long that might be. And the opportunity here is to go deeper into that attention rather than to delete it or to, to detract from it. There's a couple other ways we can develop this attention. So it is a tool, it is a practice. In a previous episode, I talked about a way of learning, which is learning by observation and pitching in, which is a way of learning that develops deep and wide attention spans because the incentive is to pitch into the group. So if we go through an activity where we're learning together and we decide that we're going to learn experientially, we're going to learn by doing, that in itself elevates our focus or our attention. And then, of course, we have this concept of blocking as well. So if you're in a position where you can check the email 30 to 40 times per hour, and then we block, we remove that opportunity, we now have 30 to 40 times or 30 to 40 opportunities in that same hour to practice the attention of staying on the task. So blocking is on a broader time frame, this concept of retreats, which is effectively to, uh, to, to come away or to back away from something such that we can go deeper into another area so that we can eliminate inputs and truly practice or observe in another area such as meditation. Uh, all of these are beautiful ways for us to cultivate attention and cultivate this ability to stay mindful. The question that we have is, what does it look like? What does it look like in our relationships? What does it look like in our work? What does it look like in our practice? If we actually recognize this concept, if we not just recognize impeccability, urgency, necessity, these tools that help us to, say, get our work done on time consistently and at a high level, but also look deeper at the concept of attention itself. And when we look at these practices that we can do on a day-to-day basis, whether it's a specific seated practice, the breath, some meditation, or our movement, a moving practice, or whether it's walking, or whether it's in relationship, in conversation, what happens when we, as Larry Rosenberg talks about, bring our attention to the intelligence of the moment. The moment calls for our attention to be drawn into one area, our awareness to be 
brought to one area. And what happens when we listen to that? What happens when we lean into that as a practice and accept that it's difficult, accept that it won't come straight away, yet that we can develop it, that we can cultivate it on an ongoing basis. That's it for today. Just a quick one, wanted to cover again this concept of energy generation and then really this aspect that slips under the radar, this this bedrock that is the foundation for all of the habit side and really a lot of what we see out there today around development, around productivity, around habits, leans on this concept of attention. So I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you have any questions, feel free to send me an email, john at johntmarsh.com. And if you know of anyone who might benefit from this, send it along. Maybe it's someone who is super productive and trying to get a lot done. Uh, But task switches all the time and keeps focusing on productivity tools and apps and these ways of working. Perhaps this concept of attention as a valuable commodity that we can develop as adults as we grow and as we learn more about ourselves, maybe will be of interest to them. So pass along and see how they go, see how you go. Hope you enjoyed. I'll see you again here next week. Today's episode got out a day late, a little bit of difficulty with the upload. Still out on Great Barrier Island and be another couple of episodes out here. Thank you for listening. See you then.